Good morning to everyone, and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a vision for you big book study. My name is Larry Kay, and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater. Today is Tuesday, August 14th, 2018, and today we are reading from the big book. We are currently on page 95, starting with the second paragraph, and we're going to read through three paragraphs uh, today and comment on all three. Today's readers, we have Laura A. on the 12 Steps, Jody E.Q. on the 12 Traditions, and the readers of the text, Lauren N., Russ M., and Marie J. The uh, reference number for Monday, August 13th, for the 7 a.m. meeting, that's 11,782-11782, and for the 10 a.m. meeting, 11,783-11783. The OA Preamble, Overeaters Anonymous, is a fellowship of individuals who, through shared experience, strength, and hope, are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors, and then to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose, OA's fifth tradition, states that each group has but one primary purpose, and that is to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At a Vision for You Big Book study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. So I'm now going to ask Laura A. if you'd be good enough, Laura, to read the 12 steps. Hi, this is Laura A. from New Hampshire, Recovering Compulsive Overeater. The 12 steps. One, we admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, were entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, Humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. Ten, continued to take personal inventory, and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. Eleven, sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. Twelve, having had a spiritual awakening as the result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Thanks for letting me be of service, I pass. Thank you, Laura. Okay, now I'd like to ask um, Jody E.Q. if you'd be kind enough to read the 12 traditions. Good morning, Jody Good morning, Larry. Good morning, everybody. This is Jody, EQ in California, Monterey. Very willing to read the 12 traditions this morning. Number one, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God, as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous, except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise lest problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional. 
but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. 10, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues, hence the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. 11, our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, films, television, and other public media of communication. 12, anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. I pass. Thank you. Thank you, Jody. Appreciate that. Okay, here's how our meeting is supposed to work here. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous. What we do is we read a paragraph or two from the literature, or three, um, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature that we are discussing and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive readers only. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year and for readers is six months. But there is no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic, and this meeting requests that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. Um, we are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. If you'd like to share, press star one to unmute. And once you're done uh, sharing, press star one again to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone except the speaker should be muted. And so today we're, we're back in, in our study of the big book. We are on page 95, starting with the second paragraph. It starts if he is not interested. And then Lauren's going to read through three paragraphs ending let it go with that. And then again, we're going to comment on all three. So let's hand the mic over to Lauren. Hey, Lauren, good morning. Good morning, Larry. This is Lauren N. Can you hear me? You're coming through perfectly. Thank you. If he is not interested in your solution, if he expects you to act only as a banker for his for his financial difficulties or a nurse for his sprees, you may have to drop him until he changes his mind. This he may do after he gets hurt some more. If he is sincerely interested and wants to see, to see you again, ask him to read this book in the interval. After doing that, he must decide for himself whether he wants to go on. He should not be punished, pushed, or prodded by you, his wife, or his friends. If he is to find God, the desire must come from within. If he thinks he can do the job in some other way or prefers some other spiritual approach, Encourage him to follow his own conscience. We have no monopoly on God. We merely have an approach that worked with us. But point out that we alcoholics have much in common and that you would like, if in any case, to be friendly and let it go at that. I'm Lauren N., Compulsive Overeater, Sugar Addict from New York. Larry, can you time me? Um, I am, I have, I was this person for many years. I was the person that people let go. I couldn't make it in this program. I didn't think I had I wasn't that bad. I was 286 pounds. I had diabetes. I was giving myself four shots a day, one of them being insulin. I had a bad back and my knees were starting to go and I'm only 5'1". I was wearing a size 32 clothes, 5X, 
I had probably 12 sizes of clothes in my closet. And I didn't belong in this program. I walked out probably 12 years ago. I walked into the program back when I was in my 20s. Now I'm going to be 60 in February. I know today I belong here and I have to work my program every day. Thank God I do. Thank God I found you and I found a way to recover. I realize that I have done all of this to myself. I don't beat myself up anymore. I know I did the best I could when I did it. I had to get to where I got to get to where I am today. A recovered woman. I've lost 130 pounds. I'm down over, I don't know, how many dress sizes. I'm a size 8 or 10 now. I work out regularly. I don't have diabetes anymore. I have the effects of diabetes, but I don't have diabetes anymore. It has been a long haul. I started losing weight in 2011, and I thought it was all about the weight, and only when I realized I could not keep it off did I realize I was a sugar addict. And I realized I could not control my eating at all. And that's when I came back to OA. And thank God I did. I have left, I have told many a sponsee that I can't work with them anymore. I have let them go because they weren't ready. Is that my time, Larry? Yeah, that's my that's my way of doing it. <laughs> but you're doing great. Thanks, Lauren. Thank you all. And with that, I'll pass. Thanks so much for that. Okay, we're going to transition now to... Uh, to opening up the shares. And again, um, Lauren did a beautiful job. She read on page, from page 95, the second paragraph, and she read through three paragraphs. And so who, who wants in on this deal? Who would like to share? Harlan, Katie, Harlan, Katie, Amy. Marie J. Jen A. Jen A. Nosa. And Nosa, let's stop with that. Let's go with this. I got, I got a lineup here. I got Harlan, I got Katie, Amy, Marie, Jen, and Nosa. Can we start with that? Hey, Harlan, good morning. Good morning, Larry. It's Harlan G. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater in Steambath, Scottsdale, Arizona. I'm glad to be here. Um, thank you for your service. One of the hardest concepts in Overeaters Anonymous, based on what I've seen in 39 and three-quarter years, is the idea that as a sponsor, so-and-so does not want to do this. And this is a phone call that I must get. If I get it three times a week times 50, I get this phone call 150 times a year. And this is the phone call. I'm sponsor. What am I going to do with Mo, Larry, or Curly? They won't put the food down. They won't do their fourth step. They won't do this, and they won't go to meetings. And when I give them the answer that's in the big book, which, excuse me, which is what I try to do 100% of the time, I say drop them, and the Oreo cookies will beat them into submission if they are compulsive overeaters. That is not an acceptable answer in most cases. I've had people get really upset with me for giving them that answer. And I think to myself, <laughs> excuse me, the Pakata allergies are acting up again. I'm sorry. Um, I think to myself, I wish I had a better answer. I wish I could say to that person, 
stand in the kitchen on your left leg, swing a live chicken over your head three times, and say, ooga, booga, dooga, and the person will do whatever you want. I wish I could say that to them, but here is what it says. It said if they're not interested in your solution, if he expects you to act only as a banker or a wet nurse or a psychologist or a voice on the phone to listen to their boo-hoo stuff for his financial difficulties or a nurse for his sprees, you may have to drop him until he changes his mind. That sounds cruel, but is it? No. No. you got to break a few eggs to make an omelet. Those Oreo cookies and those McDonald's French fries, they are more persuasive than any other force in the universe save God. Those McDonald's French fries can scream louder than anybody with two legs can. And with that, I will pass. Thank you. Thanks. Uh, you had me with Mo, Larry, and Curly. <laughs> that was good. All right. Hey, Katie, followed by Amy. Hey, Katie, good morning. Hello, Larry. Good morning, <clears throat> friends. Katie G, recovered compulsive overeater, anorexic and bulimic. And I was just talking to my sponsor about that this morning. Um, I was talking to her about the 14 sponsors I had in the first year of Overeaters Anonymous. And I could tell you, oh, God, they hurt my feelings and I'm so sad. But here's what they taught me that I didn't get. When I commit to something and I don't follow through as an adult, it has consequences, right? So this is what I get to teach my daughter eventually. But as a compulsive overeater, I didn't understand that if I kept going back to the disease, that I wasn't hearing the sponsor's message, right? So if she's recovered and she's not eating and I keep eating, there's a block. And so what makes me sad is there's a lot of people that call me and they're like, I'm so sad. My sponsor dumped me. Or they get personal with me if I'm saying, you know, like, I don't know what else to do. I, I, I'm not to continue working with you. I don't think you're hearing my message. It's not personal. Right? We all admitted in step one, I am powerless. My life is unmanageable. I have no power, no choice, or control. I have two choices, to go on to the bitter end or to die. Right, So if my doctor isn't working, I get a new doctor. And what I learned about like, you know, responsibility and that my, my actions have consequences is something I carry into today. Because you know, the, the, the willingness to do this program, it's got to come from within, and I wish I could give it to you. And yes, we can be friendly, but let's not get confused here, right? This isn't I'm not here because I want to be friends with you guys. I mean, I love you, right? But I'm not here because I want to be friends. I'm here because I don't want to die today. I don't want to die from this illness. So let's stay focused on life and death here. Let's stay focused on carrying the message. And um, I was thinking, too, like about um, my phone calls and, and to talking to people just in general. And am I living in the problem? Am I calling people and expecting them to hear the story of my resentment and tell them I'm not ready to do a turnaround? Or you know, am I calling people to just complain about the husband again and again? Well, this is living in the problem, right? And so when I, when I, when I take my calls, I really, I can no longer tolerate not living in the solution. Like, let's get to the solution. Let's live in the solution today. Let's help each other stay accountable to this life and death illness. I have an allergy of the body, but guys, my obsession of the mind wants me dead. And the longer I stay absent, it, it, has, it works in insidious ways to talk to me in my own voice. So let's, let me get that spiritual consent for, for people to tell me, let's get back to the solution. I don't need any, um, anybody to, to, to enable me anymore, right? Like I need help getting to God. Help me get to the problem solver. Help me get to the truth. And I pray that I can be willing and open to do that for one more day. And that I pass. Thanks so much, Katie. Okay, we have Amy followed by Marie J. Hey, Amy, good morning. Good morning, Larry. Thank you so much for your service. Thank you, everyone, for an awesome start to the meeting. My name is Amy G. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater from Maryland. Um, 
I'm going to jump on the bandwagon here. The saying in the rooms is that, you know, in OA, we carry a message of hope and recovery through the 12 steps, and the disease carries the message of powerlessness, devastation, and destruction. Um, you know, I'm as a sponsor, I'm just as powerless over your disease as I am over my own. And I think, you know, we're in this chapter working with others, and this idea that, he, you know, we, we have to figure out when to, to drop a sponsee. I mean, I guess that's the question here. Is it what, you know, and very clearly, like Carlin was saying, if they continue to pick up the food, that's a pretty clear sign that, you know, they may or may not be ready. But I, I can't make that decision for them. All I can say is, you know, there's a disconnect here if they're continuing to pick up the food. And I cannot enable the disease. You know, love you, hate your disease. And sometimes it is very difficult to say, you know, there is a disconnect here and, and you know, you have to let the sponsor go. And, and it's, you know, we don't have to go out there like they're talking about here going to work through a family or whatever. We can sit in an Overeaters Anonymous meeting and people can, can come up to me and ask me, you know, and then we decide, is this frothy emotional appeal or not? Well, in here, it gives you great instructions. It says, ask them to read this book in the interval. I mean, how really willing are they? I don't know about you all, but I lay it out before I take someone on. They can call me and ask me to be their sponsor, and then I will say, well, here's this book. Here are the instructions. This is what we're going to do. This is how we're going to work through the steps. This is when we're going to talk on the phone. This is what I expect you to be doing for meetings. And if, you know, I'm trying to, the, I'm not going to say like vet them out, but the reality is there's a difference between frothy emotional appeal and a willingness to work this program with the dying and desperation of the doomed that I had, for example, before when I came to this program and was finally willing after five years of messing around and going through a lot of sponsors, like Katie was saying, that was actually when I was actually ready. And I could have been only the one to decide that. So when we have those discussions, they read the book. The book has the instructions. And what is the willingness to follow that? And that is something that I talk with with a prospective sponsee. This is the chapter working with others. These are the instructions, and this is what I feel I need to do as a sponsor. And with that, I'll pass. Thanks so much, Amy. Okay, we have Marie J. followed by Jen. Wait, two ladies from Colorado in a row? Don't we have a rule against <laughs> that, Marie? <laughs> Good morning, Marie. Good morning, Larry. Thank you. This is Marie J. Recovered in Colorado. So, you know, it says if he's to find God, the desire must come from within. And if he's not interested in your solution, leave him alone. You know, anything else is me playing God and thinking that I'm in charge. So I love the saying, you cannot push a rope. And you can't, pull the, you can't pull a plant up from its roots to make it grow. You know, we just have to have patience and carry the message and leave people alone who don't, who don't want your message. So I have a really great story of a friend that I have from church. I've known him for 20 years. He's been in and out of the rooms but never in recovery. He, he's a church member. He's got religion, but he never had the connection and the belief in the power of God and he wasn't free and he's he's heard me speak in church you know I get up I, I tell my story I tell my path and you know we've known each other all this time and I just have wanted to be in charge of his recovery but I'm not God you know and all I just did was keep showing up and he kept saying he wanted to be in, in recovery, but he didn't, he didn't want to lose control. He wanted to be in charge of it. And so I didn't do anything but love him and show up and tell and give my message and tell my story. And one day in the middle of the street in our little town, in the middle of the street downtown, I was going to a restaurant. He was going somewhere else. We ran into each other and in the middle of the street, something happened and I was just talking about my life and my, and my recovery and something happened for him. Something clicked and he called me later and it was his Ebby moment. It was his Ebby Thatcher moment. And he said, there's something in your eyes and I've wanted to sponsor him for years. And he kept snooping around and he really wasn't interested in the work. And now I've been sponsoring him for a couple of months. He is on fire. He's in the book. He's, he's, doing the work. So, you know, we just suit up and show up and we just share our message of hope. And when they're ready, they choose. 
We can't choose this for them. As much as we can see people need it and as much as we want it for them, I just have to keep loving people, showing up in my recovery, and that's all it takes. God does the rest. I don't have to play God. Thanks. I pass. Thanks, Marie. Jen, it's your turn. Good morning. Thanks, Larry. Good morning. This is Jen A. This is Jen A, recovered compulsive overeater, anorexic and bulimic from Colorado. Um, I love that uh, we're in working with others um, because this is where I'm at every single day, um, probably along with all of you. And um, I'm reminded here, and I was just talking to another fellow last night, that salesmanship doesn't work, right? This is um, a program of attraction. I don't get to sell OA. I don't get to sell myself. In fact, I don't even get to sell the big book. I get to hand it to them. They get to read it and they get to decide. I don't push them, I don't prod them, right? And the interesting thing that I love about what we're reading today is that I am reminded here, Jennifer Marie, someone did not find God for you, you cannot find God for them. This is, a, this is you know, this is um, where a walk with a higher power, you know, I mean, God's disciplining me, right? As I, as I walk with my higher power, God is disciplining each one of us in a different way. And he's disciplining, disciplining me in a certain way here, right? He's allowing me to have my own experience here by working with someone else. And it's giving me an opportunity to grow. And that's where I'm really, really excited, right? Like, I, was, I would love to see every single person have, um, you know, that aha moment and um, have have the experience, strength, and hope that I have today. I'd love to see that in every single person in the room, right? But that's not going to happen because guess what? I'm not God and I don't get to take his job. But the best thing that I get to do in this program is to lean back. I get to listen. I get to love others right where they're at. And then I get to let God do the work, right? God gets to do this work. And that's where I got to let it go. I don't get to decide anything else. And with that, I'll pass. Thanks, Jen. Okay, let's go to my friend from Iowa. Hey, Nosa. Good morning. Hey, Nosa. You got to press morning. star one. Hey, Good there you are. Good morning. Uh, I'm, I'm Nosa, a uh, uh, compulsive overeater. And um, I really like this reading. Uh, this is kind of how uh, I met my, my sponsor. Um, he was just friendly with me. He told me this the solution. I seen him at a retreat in April, and um, you know, I thought I, I I thought I could do this, you know. And there there's that word I, you know. Um, and so um, it had to get really bad for me. And and today I I have the food down for six days, and um, um, I'm in step one and. Um, I'm feeling I'm feeling good. There are some um, there are some days when uh, I mean it's only six days, but still um, there you know it's rough. Um, but I keep um, listening. Um, I keep getting suggestions, and um, I'm doing it. Um, I'm listening to the special editions. I'm reading the book. Um, last night. Um, I didn't want to read the second. I was like, oh, I could just skip it. But you know what? Um, what's going to happen is I'm going to get the results of that. So I came home and I read it. And um, I'm feeling good. And I'm so glad to be on uh, Vision. You guys are so inspiring. And I'm so glad that um, I can feel just at home. So thank you all. And, Larry, thank you for your service. I'm done. Pass. Thanks, Nosa. All right. So again, we're um, if you fell out of bed a few seconds ago, here's where we're at. We're we're on page 95, the second paragraph, and we read through three paragraphs. So who else would like to share? Pete B. Kelly S. Pete Karen Kelly. W. Karen. Melissa C. Melissa. Nancy P. Nancy. Elise. More? Elise. Elise. Carrie, it was you and Terry. Let's stop with that. Let's stop with Terry, and then Simo will get you on the on the bend here. So we got Pete, Kelly, Karen, Melissa, Nancy, Elise, and Terry. Hey, Pete, 
Don't sugarcoat it, right? Good morning. Thanks. Thanks, Larry. Can you hear me okay? Yeah, man. Absolutely. My name is Pete B. I'm a compulsive overeater, recovered today by God's grace and mercy, and grateful to be here. I'm in Pennsylvania. And uh, I used to hear people say that the cover charge to get into Overeaters Anonymous is pain. You know, like, the, you know, that, that's it. You know, pain will get you in the door. Unfortunately, I don't have the ability to remember that pain after I've been here for, you know, three or four weeks, three or four months, or three or four years, right? Like, pain is not, you know, it's, uh, pain is not, is not enough to keep me here. But here's the thing that I see, the thing that, you know, that, 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 that uh, I'm often guilty of, right? Like, if we deprive the sufferer from the pain that they have to go through to get here, we're hurting them. We're, we're, we're doing more damage than, than good, right? If we keep somebody on, they continue to slip, they continue to fall back, we're doing damage, we're hurting the drunk. We're hurting the compulsive overeater. We have no right to deprive somebody of what they need to go through to get here. You know, I'm grateful for every single bite I had to take in order to get here. And if somebody would have deprived me from any one of those and softened the bottom for me, I don't think that I would stay. I don't think that I, I would, I, that, 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 that it would be, that I would have, had enough experience to continue moving on, right? To fully concede to my innermost self that I'm a compulsive overeater and the delusion that I'm like other people could be smashed, right? Like pain, pain is necessary and we can't be killing people with kindness and softening the blow. Like this is a, de- a deadly, fatal, progressive illness. It only gets worse, never better. And, and unfortunately, the only hope we have is entire abstinence. And unfortunately, the only way I'm going to get to it be entirely abstinent is by finding a power greater than myself that's going to remove the obsession and allow me to recover and help me to recover, right? Like, you know, so you know, those things, we could arrive at that point. But, you know, those are the, the you know, as I see it, as I read and I understand from this book, like th- those are the facts. I'll pass. Thanks, Pete. Okay, we got Kelly, and then on deck we got Karen. Hey, Kelly, good morning. Good morning, Larry. It's Kelly S. Recovered in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Um, so I just think about this, these paragraphs with my own experience. And, um, you know, I know you guys, I've told you this, but, you know, I've been around 30-something years, and I have three and a half years of recovered um, abstinence today. And why was that? Because I wasn't desperate, you know. The truth is, in my 30-something years, I'm sure a lot of you have the same uh, experience. I've had some of the best sponsors out there. And even coming in Vision, I started listening to Vision when it first started. Um, it took me over two years of listening to uh, get desperate enough. And I'm going to tell you my experiences. I got some of the voices, some of the voices that you hear on here that you just thought, if I could get that person, oh, my God, that person is telling my story. That would be the sponsor that would fix me. Guess what? The sponsor never fixed me. The sponsor, as we heard yesterday, people can't give us desperation. And when people call me and went, what was different? What was different? Well, I was desperate this time. You know, I was desperate to do whatever this book told me to do. So it didn't matter what somebody said to me. You know, there were people I've called. Um, I don't know if you guys had the experience. I got the best sponsor. I was ready. This was it. Oh, my God, I'm starting tomorrow. My life is going to change. Didn't call them back. Or maybe called them once or twice because you know what? I wasn't ready to do the work. And so today I have to remember that when I work with people. And the truth is now I I feel like God, um, obviously God helps me in everything I do, right? So God helps me in my sponsoring. And I can tell when somebody's ready. I work with them for a little bit. And what I've heard on this line and people share is what I'm doing when I continue to work with somebody who keeps eating, who keeps making excuses for not working the program. Because I've had sponsees go, well, I'm abstinent, but, you know, Hey, hey, Ma, look, isn't it grand the wind stopped blowing, kicking my dog, slapping my kid, whatever. Hey, but I'm abstinent. I see that, and I think what I've heard on this line is 
I'm, I'm robbing the opportunity for those people who are out there who are ready. Because the truth is, I can only take on so much. I can only do that much sponsoring, right? And so, you know, if I'm sponsoring people who aren't ready, who are keep on making excuses, I am robbing those people who are ready. So I have to remember that. And I can't give them desperation. I have to let them go with kindness and love. Tell them, you know, go to the book. I can only share what happens for me. And like I used to hear people say that I thought was stupid. If my sponsor told me to run down the street naked, I would. I'm like, really? Uh, no. Well, guess what? I guess I would too. <laughs> Wouldn't look too good doing it at 55 and lost 125 pounds. But I'd do it. Because you know what? I'm willing to do whatever it takes today. And I need a sponsee that's willing to do that because with, oh God, you know, I was laying in bed last night and I was thinking to myself, I can't freaking believe this is my life, you guys. I'm neutral with food. I'm working this program. I'll wrap up with this. I'm trying to be a different, I am being a different person, you know. I want to be a different person and I have neutrality and I'm doing it happily. And I think about what I hear on this, this slide and I have that today. And I'm so grateful and I want to give that to the still struggling newcomer or relapser, the chronic relapser. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Larry. Thanks, Kelly. Okay, we got Karen followed by Melissa. Karen, good morning. It's your turn. Hi, this is Karen W. from Texas. Can you hear me? I can, Karen. You're coming through great. Okay. Okay, good. Well, I feel kind of inadequate to share this morning, but I've heard some really good, um, just good information. And I made a decision this morning, at, well, last night, um, and reprioritizing my life and looking at some stuff that's going on. And um, this program, uh, I need to put it at the top of the list, and I haven't been doing that. Um, I have a lot of irons in the fire and doing a lot of stuff. And um, uh, this program, specifically Vision, uh, is, seems to be the only thing that works for me. And it, it's the big book, you know, and... Um, desire 
then um, then sometimes I have to have the hard conversation because the book tells me I am hurting them if I continue to work with someone who's not ready, you know, or who doesn't want what I have to offer, who doesn't, you know, who doesn't learn from the experience that the only, you know, direction I have is my experience. I have the big book, and I have my own personal experience. And so if neither of those two things are working with the person, then, yeah, the kindest thing I have I have to offer is, you know, is the pain of the disease. Like, go out and do this. And, you know, I'm, I'm yeah, I've definitely shared here before my occupation. You know, in the classroom, I have to differentiate the instruction. I'm given, um, you know, the... the um, I'm given a curriculum, and no matter what, every kid in my class, I'm responsible for them learning it. That's not the way it works in Overeaters Anonymous. You know, the disease is responsible, and God is responsible, and the sponsee is responsible, um, not the sponsor. You know, and in my own personal experience, um, as, as someone who was a sponsee, um, yeah, I was not a great sponsee. I did not follow directions. I wanted someone to hear my problems, to give me a tissue, you know, to be really kind. I wanted someone to take my food, like a Weight Watchers leader. I was going to give you my food, but only Monday through Friday, because let's face it, I didn't really want to do anything on the weekends. Um and you know who wound up sponsoring me at the, you know, this time around? The person I went to once years ago who I was like, oh, my God, she's way too serious for me. I will avoid her like the plague because she called me out on something years ago. You know, I, I asked her something, and she gave me the truth, and so I avoided her until I was ready, you know, and then she was presented right there in front of me, and that's who carried me through, and um, thank you. With that, I'll pass. Thanks so much, Melissa. Okay, we have Nancy followed by Elise. Hey, good morning, Nancy. Hi, how are you? I'm doing great. How about you? I'm great. Um, so this is excellent. Um, this um, portion today is really good. I um, So I have been um, in vision since December 1st of last year, abstinent by the grace of God ever since then. And that was that this has been since then the longest time that I've been abstinent in um, 43 years. And um, I got this sponsor and she, I feel like she said, I can't remember if it, if she really said this or if I only think she said this um, or not maybe about me, but sort of about in general that um you know, two times you could break your abstinence and then she'd cut me loose. That's what I feel like, but maybe that's not true. But anyways, I, I took that to the bank, and when I got through the um, the process um, and started sponsoring people, that's the rule that I had. And so um, one woman did that, and I cut her loose. And then I called another um, another person in the program and in the course, you know, made a phone call. And in the course of that, I said, what, you know, what do you do? You know, I asked for advice or for input for somebody else's experience. And she said, oh, well, I go to the book. And what it says is, you know, we work with them several times to see where they fell off. And, and then when it, if it becomes clear that they're not going to get it, then, you know, then we, then we move on. And so what, I, what my sponsor definitely did say, because I have a note in my big book that says this, that they said, um, they said um, this is what I can do and this is what I can't do. So what I can do is offer my experience, strength, and hope, and go to I will go to any length to be helpful in that way. What I can't do is I'm not their nutritionist. I'm not their um, life coach. I'm not their um, personal trainer. I'm not anything other than that. And um, if friendship comes, that's a byproduct. My job, it's like, you know, I love my hairdresser, but I pay her. And I love my sponsor. And the currency that I used with her was honesty and willingness. And um, I'm forever grateful, forever grateful. And you know what? There's always, always, always room for me to grow. Last night I had a conversation with another fellow and I said, you know, I feel like not, not, not that I'm on a slippery slope, but I said, I want to beef it up. I want to get stronger. And so she gave me some good suggestions and you know, guess what? They worked. So 
um, you know, I look forward to implementing these suggestions and getting my spiritual life more um, off the ground. And, um, and eventually I'll say, hmm, you know, this isn't enough. I, ho- I think I'll say that. I hope I say that. And I'll look someplace else to get even more suggestions on how to get, how to, how to um, shore up my spiritual life. Because, you know, in spite of all the challenges, I have a life that's second to none. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you all. Thanks so much, Nancy. Okay, we have Elise followed by Terry and then Sima. Elise, good morning. Hi, good morning. Um, I'll first share that I'm very sick. Um, I have some kind of sepsis in my blood and my leg has ballooned and it's all blown up. So um, in spite of that, I'm on day eight. I would appreciate phone calls. And I'm probably going to call some of you because when I told my sponsor that I, when I put out there I wanted a phone call, she said, you call. Okay, so I will tell you, this is sort of from the other angle of what is working for me as a sponsor. And uh, I'm I'm definitely ready. Um, That's probably what's working for me. And God is working for me as he's always been. Um, but I wasn't told, I was told, you know, we're not going to read the big book till you have three days. And man, those were a heck of a three days. Headaches and whatever. I was a big sugar person. But she didn't say call me in three days. She said, okay, look up the definition of recovered. All right. Look, uh, write down, write it, you know, from the dictionary, write it down, fine. Call three recovered people. Um, get on vision, 7 o'clock in the morning. I don't get up to late, 7 o'clock, okay. Um, you know, can I listen to it later when it's not live? Listen to it live. You know, um, there's another meeting at X time in the evening. Listen to that when you bookend the meeting. Okay, now write down your food. Email it to me. Okay, so call. She said, email to me before your meals. Email to me before, after your meals. Um, I'm sending you Harlan's podcast. Don't listen to them because you're not ready yet. Um, Getting the idea? So um, she said to me, you need a boss, not a sponsor. I'm like, okay. She said, you don't need to talk too much because you like to talk. So I said, okay. And I said, well, if I need a boss, you're as bossy as they come. Um, and she's wonderful. She's, she's, I've known her probably over 20 years, maybe more. Um, she's never sponsored me and she kind of fell upon me. It was like, I had the sponsor who's now become a wonderful friend and I'd say, can I eat this? And she says, I don't really mind if you eat that. If, you know, I just don't want to and flour and sugar. That doesn't work for me. <laughs> so when I was on the I so what happened was uh I called this person just to say to say hello, really say I'm dying and she said, Do you want me to help you? I said, Yes. I didn't think she meant do you want me to sponsor you? I had just called somebody else to see if they wanted to sponsor me and they started hemming and hawing, go pray over it, go this over it, go that over it. I'm like so I said that to her, she said, You'll be dead before you do all that. She said, just call, and then she just started bossing me around. So, I mean, everybody's different. But, you know, I think I've heard people say it on here. This morning, they started giving directions. Is the person willing to do what you want them to do? And if they're not willing to do it, they're not calling back anyway. I don't think there's going to be much of a decision as to whether to take them on or not. Because they're going to say, what? I think I remember that. Is that what you said? Okay. And um, I just have to throw out there, I've been in this program 30 years. I did have six years of, of, I guess, what do you call a diet with group support, and I was less than half my weight. And part of what scares me is gaining it back. It's done it three times. You know, uh, scary. But... um, I'm very grateful to all of you. I've had many, many sponsors. I've had one sponsor better than the next. Um, Whether I succeed 
hate to say it, has everything to do with them and nothing to do with them, you know, but they're not, let's put it this way. I can give them the credit if I succeed and not, and not, and not give them the blame if I don't, because it's, it's, you know, I've had great sponsors and um, especially vision sponsors are, uh, they keep you busy enough. (laughs) You got to keep busy. And I'm I'm grateful for this meeting. I was a little bit nervous to speak on uh, this part of the meeting. You hear all the great speak on this part of the meeting, and I don't know if I have anything that's so worth worth it to say. Uh, so I'll just get through the day without eating. Thanks so much, Elise. Appreciate even that. Even that broccoli was looking pretty good, which is pretty good. <laughs> Uh, Thanks. Oh, well. All right, thank you. <laughs> okay. Thank you so much. Okay, we have Terry followed by Simba. Terry, good morning. Good morning. <clears throat> good morning. This is Terry N. I'm usually calling from New Jersey, but today I'm in Maine. Um, and I'm a grateful, recover, compulsive overeater. And I wanted, I, I can't believe you heard my name. <laughs> I, it was a feeble Terry. <laughs> So I guess I was meant <laughs> I was meant to share. Um, I don't know why I still get nervous sharing on the line, but um, I'm so grateful and I needed to get on because I needed to thank you all that the other day I celebrated one year, and that would totally not have been possible without all the words of wisdom that I hear all the time on this line, and I'm learning so much. I'm just so grateful to be listening and learning. I've never gone through the big book like this and just continue to paragraph by paragraph learn new stuff. And I'm very grateful for that. Um, It's an awesome opportunity to learn how to live this way. Um, You know, I I wasn't really interested in your solution uh, for for a long time. Um, I, I wanted to do it my way. You know, I was in a lot of pain, but apparently I wasn't in quite enough pain. And I've had many sponsors, and the right sponsor was the one that I got when I had that gift of desperation. So they were all good sponsors. I just wasn't ready. And, you know, I agree with what everybody said on this line. Nobody can make me ready, and I can't make anybody else ready. I have to have the gift of desperation myself. I thought I could do it another way. Now, if that's what it says. Um, if I think I can do it some other way, and I did, I did. I, I thought that for a long time, it caused me a lot of pain. And I finally got to the point of where I was willing to go to any length and do whatever it took. And I'm just, I'm just so grateful for that, um, that I have this opportunity. And today I'm blessed, blessed with a couple sponsees that are both willing. Um, I've had a couple that weren't and you know, it says in the paragraph before about offering friendship and fellowship. And so the one person that I worked with for a while, you know, occasionally I'll shoot her a text or pick up the phone every once in a while just to say hello. And I want her to know that when she's ready, that I'm there. And that's what it tells me to do. It tells me not to push or prod. I wasn't pushed or prodded, and I don't push and prod anybody else either. And, um, and, and, but I can be there for when someone is ready. And I, I just love everything I've heard today, and I'm glad that I got to be a part of this meeting. Thank you so much. Uh, I, thanks, um, Terry. <clears throat> thanks so much. Sima, we always save the best for last. You know that, right? And Larry, you always say the right things. <laughs> this <laughs> is Sima from New Jersey. A grateful compulsive overreader living in recovery. I wish I could have a a smooth story, but I don't. My story started 43 years ago. I came in thin, but I knew I was about to gain it back. And at my first meeting, they handed me a food plan. There were uh, two. There was an orange and a gray. So I picked the orange because it had two fruits. And... uh, this other skinny woman, I asked to be my sponsor, and she said, call me and tell me what you're going to eat. So I followed directions, and I called her, but um, I knew there was something missing, that there had to be more than that. Luckily, I found at my third meeting, there was a speaker who had been in AA for many years, recovered, and 
explained, I was a nine-step meeting, and, and the promises were there, and I was like, that's what I want, that's what I need. And I followed him around, and he started big book workshops, and we all went. And I learned so much, and I practiced the steps so much. Uh, and I was abstinent, but I couldn't stay abstinent more than 13 months or 15 months. And I didn't find out till later. And then I, then he died, and we went to the other kind of meetings where they give you 30 assignments, and um, then you're a sponsor if you're abstinent for 30 days. And I knew that wasn't the program I had learned, but there wasn't anybody around then, and this was in New York, that was really recovered. It was like um, it was the blind leading the blind. And finally, after about 10 years, and I went to 10 meetings, I did everything I was told, but I couldn't seem to stay abstinent. And then I left LA for 25 years, and I came back five years ago, and uh, I went to a regular meeting, and I kind of sneaked in, and I just listened. It was a big book meeting, and they were reading. But then a couple of months later, I heard about A Vision for You, and the minute I turned it on, I was like, oh, yes, I'm home. And um, so my recovery has been kind of like I backed into it. Uh, and so I feel... It's hard for me to differentiate. I can't say to people, this is what I did, so this is what you need to do, because I don't want them to do what I did. Uh, so I listen. I listen to a vision for you. I try to apply uh, what I've learned. Tough love, but trying to... I know that I couldn't stay abstinent because I didn't know what was bothering me. And, and I go back to the how it works, and I say, I guess I was one of those grave emotionally uh, and mentally ill people who recover if they have the capacity to be honest. And, um, and I did go through a lot of therapy, and I did eventually, 15 years ago, find that I was willing to accept that I needed antidepressants. And I went through a lot of growing over the years because whatever I had learned in the program about living as a human being I took with me, I just wasn't abstinent, and I just went up and down in my five sizes until God tapped me on the shoulder one day five years ago and said, go back to OA. And it was like, wow, I didn't even think of that. And this is after all the years I have been steeped in OA. My whole life was OA and work. So there are, I'm grateful that I got here, even though it was a very circuitous route. And, um, and I go to regular meetings and there's still the wrong message out there, and I still try to get people to listen to a vision for you and they don't want to. And um, I'm just hoping that more and more vision, visionaries will start meetings so that when people come in, they actually hear the real message and not the 30 assignments or it's this food plan or that food plan and um, dieting with group support, and they don't even know that's what they're doing. So um, I try to help people get to what it is that's bothering them if they can't stay abstinent, uh, even though they're doing everything that I've told them to do. And um, sometimes they drop me, and I wait for them to drop me rather than dropping them because I, I can't say that's what was done to me. It wasn't. So I can't give somebody something that wasn't what I got. And... Um, my message came to me in a very roundabout way, but I'm glad I got here, and I let God use me as God sees fit to help others. And with that, I pass. Thanks, Emma. Okay, wrapping up. Sorry, I went a little long, guys. Um, thank you to everyone who joined us uh, for this meeting, and uh, please join us for a second unrecorded hour of study. Let me give you the share ID for Tuesday, August 14th. That's 11,785, 11785. Hey, Russ, will you take us out on page 164? Got you, Larry. Thanks. Good morning. Russ N. from Cover Compostable Reader outside of Philly. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. 
but obviously you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right, and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and your follies. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you charge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you until then.